Hey everyone, this is Brenda Yoder with the Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast, and I'm so excited to be here today. I'm excited to share with you something that we've been discussing on the Fledge Parent Forum. If you haven't joined, join us. Uh, we're a space where I talk about everything related to my recent book, Fledge, Launching Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind. And this is going to be one of the first times that I really share some content from Fledge. What I want you to know about Fledge is that it's not just a book for moms. It really is a book for moms and dads, not only in the season of releasing your kids, but also raising your kids. So raising and releasing your kids, because there are so many dynamics that have to do with letting go and setting boundaries and really positioning your children towards having a life that's independent and autonomous across the lifespan. But today we're going to be talking about six different principles that I have in one of the chapters close to my heart is titled Beyond the Picture Perfect Image, which is really the heart of this podcast, along with my platform and ministry, Life Beyond Picket Fence. There's this perception in parenting that if we do things the right way, our children will turn out exactly how we hope they will. We, um, if we do the right things, then they are going to be that stellar Christian kid or Christian adult that we hope and desire. Or maybe our hopes and desires are really that they're going to be a better version of ourselves or that they're going to be successful in a way that brings really a lot of attention and applause and approval. Yet reality is that no matter where you are in the parenting spectrum, especially if you are raising kids currently, your kids will mess up. Mine have, and even as they reach adulthood, the reality for parents of all ages is that no matter how you raise them, all kids have their own choices and they will make decisions that will disappoint you, that will hurt you, that will be something that you would have never hoped or dreamed for them. And sometimes those disappointments are small. Sometimes they're really, really big. But I want to talk specifically today to parents who struggle with their kids and they struggle with their kids perhaps acting out or acting in a way that a parent can't relate with or who is really disappointed in the choices or the behavior of their children. And this can start as little as toddlers. We all have kids who perhaps get under our skin or no matter how much discipline and admonishment, encouragement, correct instruction, biblical training, there are certain principles that we as parents have to understand because our children are different people than you and I. And God has created them with their own personality, their own interest, their own propensities for really great things, but also for making sinful choices just like you and I. And these are some parenting truths that help redefine your expectations, and equip you for some of these difficult parenting experiences. I have a whole list of them here. I, I believe there's probably 
uh, maybe 15 principles that could probably be a chapter in themselves or a podcast episode within themselves. But I wanted to just really pour into parents some of the expectations that we have that really need to be redefined so that they're more realistic. Because what happens as parents is that we tend to have expectations for our kids. And when our kids don't meet the expectations, we're so caught up in the expectation itself that's not being met that we really lose sight of what's happening in the life of our child or our own emotions or issues attached to their behavior or that disappointment. It's in the way of really meeting our child's needs and really dealing with perhaps a small or a big problem that needs to be tended to. So let me jump in. The first principle is that your children are separate from you and their choices are their own. This is so important because as your children start out being so little, it's easy to just see them as an extension of yourselves. I mean, come on, mom. Most of us have birthed our children and it's hard to find that line that is the difference between them and us especially as they start getting older. They start having their own personalities, their own opinions, their likes and dislikes. And it can really be eye-opening when we realize that their likes, dislikes, interests, personality really is different than our own. And the sooner we can realize that, the sooner we can appreciate our kids for who they are, then really the healthier expectations and the healthier relationship we can have with them, we tend to want to create our kids to be a mini-me. And I think especially um, this is true of children of our own gender. So fathers to sons, moms to daughters, we can put a lot on our kids that is really from what we think we should be doing or how we think they should respond based on our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own experiences. But God has created our children as separate people with a life that once they are 18, 19, 20, their life is their own. It's not yours. It's not mine. And understanding that helps their choices and decisions that are different or disappointing from yours, that principle helps you to be able to not become so personally invested or attacked when their behavior is not what you would hope it would be. When their cho choices are counter to what you would hope or dream for them, it becomes less personal because it's not really about us. It relates about our child and the decisions and the choices that they are making. Now, once they become adults, of course, those, those choices really are their own. But across the lifespan, as you're parenting them, even in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, part of that fledging process, part of that creating their autonomy and fostering that is respecting some of their basic likes and dislikes that really are appropriate at age-appropriate stages. It can be really tempting to put your hands on and to manipulate and control even um, their activities, their, um, how they look, 
what they want to wear, their friends, all of those things. And especially during the adolescent years, it's really important to walk with your child rather than impose all of your own thoughts and feelings and opinions upon your child, expecting them to take them on just because they're your opinions. So that brings me to principle number two, which are really two principles together. Your children's decisions don't define you and your children's decisions don't define them. Now that's really, really important to accept also because we tend to look at our child's decisions in the moment and we tend to impose that upon their identity when that's not true. We all make choices that we learn from. We all make choices that are impulsive. We all make choices that are things we realize later were hurtful, we shouldn't have done. And especially your children as they are minors, as they are growing and changing, they are doing a lot of trial and error. And I know a lot of times as parents, we want our kids to do what we tell them to do for the purpose of getting it right the first time or why don't they just listen to me? Well, it's because God created them just as he created you to be an independent, autonomous person. And so while your kids, especially when they're younger, don't seem like they're listening, they do listen to you, but they still are going to try out some things on their own. And as parents, you can save a lot of shame and blame that your kids experience or that you experience when they do make decisions or, or act in ways or make choices that might be embarrassing, disappointing, uh, might even cause some disruption in relationships or reputation. I want you to know that their decisions don't define them. They are bigger than their decision and their decision also doesn't define you because everyone's choices are not exclusively the result of parenting. Really good parents can parent biblically and can do all the right things and still have a child who makes a decision that is against the, the um, very uh, wise way that God calls us as parents to parent. And every parent who perhaps doesn't parent well are people who are disengaged or parents who really don't parent at all. They really maybe just are more friends to their kids or might even be harmful or critical. A lot of kids growing up in unhealthy homes come out with a lot of resiliency and make decisions and choices in their life that would not be what would be expected from those parenting decisions or their family of origin. So you need to know that your children's decisions don't define you and your children's decisions don't define them. The third principle I want to share today is that your relationship with your children is more important than their decisions or lifestyle. I want you to hear that again. Your relationship with your child is more important than their decision or lifestyle or behavior. You see, especially moms of younger kids, moms of teens, 
I want you to know that your relationship with that child is critically important. And you can be disappointed and you can still have a good relationship with your child. You can discipline them while focusing on the relationship and not so much the performance. So one principle that we've talked about already on the podcast is the difference between performance parenting and relationship parenting. And this is also a principle that is in the book Fledge, but it's exactly what both of those ideas portray, that you build your relationship with your child based on just that, a relationship with them, rather than on performance, what they do. So when they do disappoint you, when they make choices, when they um, make a decision or a choice that's embarrassing, that is heartbreaking, you are more focused on the relationship than imposing that decision upon that child and making it become their identity or being the breaking point in the relationship itself. You see that God God models that for us. When we sin against him, he still is concerned and he still is engaging in his relationship with us. And it's through his son, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection that allows us to have a relationship with Jesus. God is a God of relationship. He models that for us. Even when we sin and when we sin against him in a way that hurts him and perhaps hurts ourselves or hurts others, he is still there with a relationship that is real and true. So we want to model what God models for us. The fourth principle is that your kids will mess up because they're not perfect and neither are you. Boy, that's humbling. It's really, really humbling to be able to realize that our kids aren't perfect, neither are we. So stop expecting perfection from themselves or from you. The fifth principle is love your family for who they are, not for their performance or how others perceive them. So what really happens is when uh, perhaps the uh, behavior of a child is embarrassing, might bring shame upon you, upon your child, or upon your family. We tend to then function out of fear of what people will think or relationships that might be lost, how it might impact you as a leader, as a parent, as a community member, as a church member, or as a church leader. I want you to know that your relationship with your child and your family is more important than what other people think of you. In fact, people may look on the outside and look in and they may shake their head, shake their finger and say, I can't believe that um, that's happening to them. I don't, can't believe that, that their kid would do that. They must be doing something wrong. Well, those aren't people who are in your corner. Those are not people who truly care. The people who truly care will walk beside you. They will care about you or your child. They will be there even when things are uh, a mess or seem like they're falling apart. So love your family for who they are because your family is the unit that God has given you to pour into. Your family is the one who will be the people in your life for a lifetime. And as your family walks through tough times, love is what holds you together. And it is love through a relationship with Jesus Christ that allows you as a parent sometimes to love your children, even when you can't muster up that love on your own because you're too hurt. 
Finally, God is the hope for all families. I can't tell you, listeners, how much I believe in that statement. God is the hope for all families. You see, the truth about life and parenting is that Christian parents do not have it any easier than anyone who does not have Christ in their life. The same um, threats, the same struggles, the same problems are universal across um, every family. But it's who a Christian has in their life when they have a personal relationship with Christ that makes the difference. Because he is the one who truly changes things. He is the one who brings peace in the midst of a storm. He is the one who brings strength when there's no strength left. He is the one who changes hearts. And he is the one who truly does what he says he will do in Joel chapter 2, 25, which was the life-giving verse to me when our family was falling apart. God will redeem the years the locusts have eaten. I don't know what locusts may be eating away at your family right now. It may be something very personal. It may be something very big, and perhaps other people see what I want you to know, whatever you're going through. God is your hope. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, lean into him and let him heal. Let him start healing. Let him speak to you. And perhaps there's one of these principles that you're just really holding on to right now and you're going to take with you as you walk through this journey. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I ask that you would consider that. Read the book of John. Read one of the gospels during this Easter time, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Find out about who Jesus was who Jesus is, the Son of God incarnate, and how he loves us, and how his death and resurrection paid the way for us to be able to have a personal relationship with him, to have forgiveness of our sins and our selfishness here on this earth, but also to have an eternal life with him in heaven. And if you want more of these principles about parenting, which there are a lot more, Grab the book, Fledge, Launching Your Kids Without Losing Your Mind. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it in your local Christian bookstores. You can also find it at christianbooks.com, which is your favorite online retailer. And in fact, you might even start up a group. There are many mothers groups who are reading Fledge and talking through the principles. And then let me know how it impacts you. You can leave a review. You can message me through one of my social media sites on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can message me through my website at brenda at brendayoder.com. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you have topics that you would like to hear about, also email me at brenda at brendayoder.com.